Yo, what's up? You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree. This is Aiden Jones on Friday the 6th of December in Dublin. In what am I standing on? Some sort of hill? What is, what is this? Some sort of hill there? I'm outside. It's not as cold as it was before. That's cool. Um, it's Friday night. It's like uh, 8 o'clock or something. I've got about an hour to kill here. Um, so I got two more days left in Dublin or two more nights and then I'm flying out on Sunday um, my show's tomorrow the Abisham flat and I'm I guess I'm a little bit nervous about it man I don't know like I keep saying to myself and to everyone like I it doesn't really matter if no one shows up it'd be a bummer if I had to pull the show but I, I, I reckon there'll be 10 people there I'll do it to fucking three do you know what I mean like I don't care but I reckon there'll be 10. That's the number I'm putting, comics and audience. And I'll probably make something like 50 pounds, 50 euros or whatever. Which is cool, you know? Um, I listened to the show yesterday, the one of the ones that I did in Edinburgh, just to kind of prep myself, so I haven't done it in like four months. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's the difference between doing a show that's like, uh, like a club... So, like I did Wednesday night I did the show there and there were about 8 to 10 people there but it wasn't me I was just doing a 15 minute set it wasn't my show so the MC went on was great had them all laughing and was very loose but then because I went up and was kind of doing a set uh, it felt a little bit different and I wasn't able to ease into it like I will be able to tomorrow night when i got no real time restrictions and it's my thing and it's just me you know so I, I don't know I reckon if there's you know whatever the size of the audience I think it's going to be a great show um, it's Friday night, man. People are around here and like yelling, you know, like it's Friday night. The weird thing, there's people yelling over to my left here, going down some steps near the main street or whatever. That's normal because it's Friday. Oh, they, let's see if I can yell to them. Hey! <laughs> they looked over and then. That, and that kind of scared me because I'm by myself and I'm like, oh God, am I just beckoning these fucking 19 year old animals over here? <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. I'm dumb. <laughs> what it's like talking into this phone suddenly gives me the confidence that, like, as if there's another person here, but there is not another person here, Aiden. It's just, I'm by myself. If they come over and start talking to me, what I want to do? Sorry, man, I'm just recording a podcast, actually. If you could just... I was just saying hi to you, but, like, for my listeners. <laughs> Fuck, that was real dumb. But anyway, that so that's normal. People yelling and drunk and shit. <clears throat> the weird thing right now is that to my right, next to the Christchurch in the middle of Dublin here, there's a tour group. It's ten past eight in the evening. Give it a rest. Oh, and they're a Spanish tour group as well. There's the Spanish man. That so every vo- Spanish person I've spoken to, they're saying the Spanish are like a virus. Their country must be so fucked, man. To have like, they're all still talking about like the over 30% youth unemployment. They're everywhere. Everywhere that I've been in Europe, there have been Spanish people, almost more than English-speaking people. It's a fucking exodus from that from that country, man. God damn it. I mean, people talk about like in Dublin, it's hard to get a place and the money's shit, and they're still coming over here, people with degrees, I met a lady at the hostel yesterday, who had a, a master's, what did she have a master's in, teaching, master's in teaching, and she was in her late 20s, and she was working, like, pulling beds at the fucking hostel, you know, and left her country, because she couldn't find any work, god damn it, 
and now because there's such an exodus of them they're like kind of semi-tourists as well and so there's this whole industry of spanish-speaking tours in all these cities that you would be like what there's spanish people there you really in dublin why why are there spanish people in dublin the coldest like raining ass just not i don't know you wouldn't think that there'd be spanish people in dublin but there they are they're like a fucking virus they're like a virus spreading its wings around our fair island i'm gonna cut that out 100 <laughs> percent uh, awful fucking accent um yeah but there uh that's weird man how many of them are there that there are tours at eight 10 past 8 on a, on a Friday night they're all just standing around they're not drinking they're not trying to have sex with each other in the good Anglo-Saxon tradition that's what they should be doing if they want to integrate into this area of the world right they should be out in a bar trying to fuck each other not learning about a, a building right like fucking nerds Jesus someone in the, all the kids someone over there just smashed a bottle or something what the fuck are they doing there's a bunch of them oh my god I don't know where to look the nerds or the dangerous people. Hooy! So I've got a I've got a Tinder date tonight. That should be fun. Um, I just that's kind of what I've been trying to set up tonight. I don't have a show tonight, and I'm like, I would just love to go out with a girl tonight, you know. Um, so I've put out a bunch of feelers. God, that's disgusting. Feelers. Test tentacles. I put out a bunch of tentacles. <laughs> I was talking to a few girls on Tinder, and um, one of them were having a good chat. So I was like, "Hey, do you want to come for a drink tonight at my mate's bar?" And I think she's going to come out, man. So it'd be sick. I've like, I was just going to. Honestly, I was kind of excited to be like, if I didn't have anyone to see tonight, I was just going to sit in a bar and read my book. Um, I'm reading Catcher in the Rye, and it's making me laugh. And if anything, I kind of feel like Holden Caulfield now. Just this dude in a city, doesn't really know what to do with himself, knows that he wants to do something, but doesn't know what. Oh, I got to a crazy bit of that book today where um, the whole book is so bitter, right? And it's like he doesn't have anyone to share his bitterness with. He talked about his, his brother who was so great, who's dead, and his sister who's real smart, but she's 10, and he's like... I guess he must be like 16 or something like that, or 17. Um, and he just he's bitter about everyone and he's telling the story to you, um, the reader, and the whole time he's like, people are phonies and they're fucking stupid if you want to know the truth and this and that. But he, it's so, it's really funny the kind of things that he said because he's, the, that he says because he's so like impotent and, uh, you know, he's like angry but still childish. Uh, but he thinks he's so smart. But the sadness is that he doesn't have anyone to, to tell those things to and he keeps trying to talk to people and um, no one's on his level probably because he's so kind of defeatist and and like annoying and bratty you know like he, he hires a prostitute and he doesn't want to have sex with her even though he's a virgin I think he's scared and uh, he wants to just talk to her and she is just annoyed by that you know and then he meets up with this girl that he used to go out with and uh, <laughs> tells her he loves her, even though he's like, to the reader, oh, I was lying, and then she says it as well. It's like quite an intimate thing, and then at the one point when he actually goes, all right, I'm going to tell her what I, what I want to do, and he says, you know, don't you think everyone's stupid and phonies and you and me should go away together, and then she gets annoyed as well. It's so sad. He's so fucking isolated. He has no one he, that he wants to talk to. 
or no one that will hear the things that he wants to talk to someone about, you know? And uh, I guess I kind of feel like that tonight or in Dublin or on this trip in general. <laughs> I mean, is that what it's like being a comedian? I don't know. I, I don't think it's always like this. I, I think it's just like this right now because I'm kind of heartbroken. Um, so I feel like markedly more lonely, you know, because the high water mark just passed of when I felt like I had someone with me the whole time when I was in this thing with this girl and, uh, and now I don't and the loneliness by contrast is more biting. That's not a good way to look at relationships though, is it? To have someone with you all the time. I don't think I was looking at it like that, but then that is what I just said, isn't it? I don't know. Or I just, I, I know that she's always on my mind that I can't contact her, you know. So, anyway, th this is why I'm walking around the city uh, kind of aimlessly looking for something to do but not exactly sure what. And that's why I've organised this date tonight. So I'll just have someone there to make sure that I'm not lonely or just something to do, someone to talk to which is something to do, you know. Oh, that Spanish tour group finally moved on. God damn it, it's so late. Surely on a Friday night, that is bewildering <sighs> oh that uh man all right hostel all right hostel showers the last place there's a fine line between like convenience and homeliness and like and you know like privacy like the one that I was just in, there's only two showers there and there's a door that closes into the bathroom. So there's two showers, two toilets which are behind doors, but the two showers just have curtains. And uh, it was like kind of uh, an ensuite of one half of the dorm, but then the other half of the dorm, which is the half that I'm in, you have to walk through the part that it's the ensuite to and into the bathroom. And it kind of feels like it's their private bathroom and people have like left their stuff in there. So it didn't feel like it was mine but that's the bathroom that's assigned to me. And so I'm like getting naked in there and I'm like, dude, am I go like getting naked in a place where girls are about to walk in? I don't know. I've, when you don't have privacy like that, but you need somewhere, you know, to have a shower, it's it really makes you feel like an old homeless bum, you know? Like there was this guy, <laughs> I remember when I was like 18 um, and uh, my mate Phil and I went... Um, out with this other dude anthem we ended up going back to these canadian girls house and um i slept on the couch and phil and anthem slept with one each of the girls and then and there was this other old dude who came back with us uh like he must have been like in his 40s or something but he was like a kind of trampish dude who was just at the bar as well and and the guys knew him because they worked at a coffee shop that he always used to come into so he stayed at the house as well and in the morning we all woke up and this old dude was just fucking washing his underwear <laughs> in this Canadian girl's kitchen in a house they were living in and it was like no man oh come on that's not Fuck, bro, I get it, but this isn't your house. Don't wash your fucking underwear in someone else's kitchen. And that's kind of, I always think about that when I'm in these weird situations that are, like, not quite enough privacy, but you just got to do what you got to do, you know? So I was having a shower in this joint of two showers where I'd seen all these girls putting on makeup, getting ready to go out, you know, like half an hour earlier. And I was like, am I... Am I that old guy right now? Am I, like, you know, 
too exposed or too there's just it's just not enough privacy makes you feel like a fucking creepy old man and I'm only 26 you know what happens when I'm like 36 if I still don't have enough money staying in hostels like that god that's a brutal thought this hostel is quite an old-fashioned place there's a lot of older people there there's I talked to a dude there who'd been coming there off and on for like two years I think I like that a little bit more than uh, there's still young people there partying and stuff but there's also old people there old people nah, just not young people partying you know normal people with jobs and shit who kind of live there or in and out of there and they're long-termers and all that kind of thing I like that there's an element of homeliness to it and safety that you don't get with these just massive groups of dare I say it Spaniards right coming on in with their foreign language and their curiosity about ancient landmarks Fuck off back to Spanyerton! I've been trying to write this song and it's absurd. Every time I sit down, I can't put it into words. From the day you gave me birthday, you say them baby birds. Day when I was praying, puppet legging in the dirt. I've been the worst and I know I know. I know I know, but my mother's been my saving grace. Gave me space to grow and they say it glows. When I be spraying out my flows, looking out into the rows and see my mother at my shows. Only one of those. Uh, so one high is worth a hundred lows. And some of those, there's been a ton of those. We stick together through whatever, never uninvolved. Cause roof down, running rows as the summer blows. Check. Uh, only my mother knows Only my mother knows uh, And I heard them say Nothing's ever promised tomorrow today So, uh, but I heard them say uh, Nothing's ever promised tomorrow uh, But today. we'll find a way Hey guys, what's up? This is Sitting Under a Tree Tuesday, the 12th of December 2017 I'm Aiden Jones this trip is this uh, a week left. We got a week left together. Um, I'm just walking around the streets at this point. That's kind of cool. Like sitting under a tree. It's recorded from the the only place I feel comfortable talking to myself. Turns out that place is me walking around the streets full of people. No one really cares that I'm talking to myself. I've always thought that. Like when you're walking down the street with a friend. I get this a lot because I'm a very loud person and kind of brash and abrasive that uh, if I laugh or say something too loud or whatever, they're like, dude, stop, like you're being loud. And I, I've always thought like, does it really matter? Like it doesn't matter. Like people aren't paying attention to what you say or anything. They're too caught up in doing their own thing, right? Why, why is that, that people don't like you to be loud on the street? It's, it's probably just because they're annoyed at the loud sound going on around them. It's not that they think that the other people on the street care. It's that they're just like, can you stop being loud because it literally is hurting my ears. That's probably the issue. <laughs> they're not doing it for other people. They're just doing it because you're annoying and they would like to keep hanging out with you, but they won't be able to if you keep being loud. Sure. I'm walking past, uh, what do we got here, the newsroom, oh, we got some uh, like homeless dudes, stat oh my god, how fucking horrendous to be homeless right now, like in the winter in Edinburgh or in, in Dublin, dude, in Dublin it was so cold last week, my friend was like, uh, we were walking around uh, yesterday and my friend Josephine from Dublin, she was just like, yeah, people are probably dying every single night right now on the streets. That's fucking insane. I don't know what... Alright, what... 
I want to speculate on the life of a homeless person, right? If you're homeless, you probably still have roots in the city, but you just don't know anyone well enough or anyone with the means to support you, right? But you still probably have people in your life that that live in houses and, you know, whatever. And I guess that's the reason why they don't just kind of up sticks and go to somewhere nicer. Because my thought is, like, if you're homeless in Edinburgh, why would you not just go to, like, at least Brighton? Go to somewhere in the south of England where it's not so cold, you know? Or, like, you're in the EU, go to, go to fucking the south of Spain or, like, Greece or so. If you're going to be homeless, yeah. go somewhere sunny, you know? But evidently that's not how it works. Like, I don't know, I just, maybe my conception of, of homelessness is wrong. But when I think of someone who's homeless, I'm like, okay, they have nothing tying them to their current place. And in which case, like, you, you're kind of free to go anywhere, right? I don't know. I mean, surely that can't be the case because that's, they, they don't do that. There must be something I'm not thinking of. But it really doesn't make sense to me. Maybe I should be homeless and then I'll figure it out. <laughs> what an arrogant thought even that is. George Orwell, right, when he did Down and Out in Paris and London, there was still, I mean, he knew it when he wrote it, but there was, there's still a level of arrogance in what he did, thinking that you can just, like, uh, replicate the conditions of being homeless by just having no money but I mean in that book he even writes about how he's so lucky to be educated because if you're homeless all you do is sit around all day kind of waiting for nothing to happen but at least if you're educated you can think about shit like that's a way you can just mull thoughts over in your head and he's I can't remember exactly how he put it so as to not be condescending but he basically said if you're not educated enough to have that to do like that some of these guys are just sitting there in a stupor all day with nothing even to think about they're just sitting there is that condescending <laughs> they don't have anything to think about because they're so dumb all of them well most of them some of them probably know how to play chess that's what you would want if you're a homeless dude at least buy a chess board go around challenging other homeless people to chess. I heard a story about uh, of the homeless uh, World Cup, like a football. I don't know whether this is true because I have no idea where I heard it and I'm not going to look it up and verify it because it takes the romance away from the story <laughs> if you find out that it's not true. But I heard that there was like a World Cup of football for homeless people all over the world and they held it in some country like Denmark and then all these homeless people from countries all around the world just disappeared in Denmark god I want that to be true because it's just like that's a better place to be homeless in it rather than you know being homeless in like I don't know Croatia Serbia somewhere where everyone's kind of fucked be homeless in a place where they actually look after their homeless people, huh? That's what I mean though, that's what I'm talking about, right? Those guys, smart. Pick a, just a, a, like, figure out a way to get out of where you're at and just go be homeless somewhere cool, you know? Go be homeless somewhere where they don't, like, fucking, where you don't freeze to death. It is so cold. I could not fucking imagine even just the thought of like committing to sleeping outside where there is like this that's insanity no way 
I've really taken the long way around here, walk-wise. We've got, uh, what do we got here? Some cranes. I love a city with cranes, man. I love, uh, I love the feeling that there's something happening in a city. That's probably, that probably goes against my politics. That's like a very innate feeling that I have. I just like to see a crane because it's like, people are moving, shit's getting done, awesome, you know, progress. But, uh, if you think about it, a crane is really like a symbol of just fucking more money being spent. Is it? I don't know, I guess it depends on what they're building. Don't try and make assumptions based on just seeing a crane, right? If you see a crane, maybe look into what they're building. Are they building a hospital? Or are they building uh, like a pit of fire to to throw minorities into? <laughs> you don't know. You don't know until you find out. So don't be irresponsible and just be happy when you see a crane. Just look into things, you know? That's all I'm saying. Feel feelings, that's good. Feel things trust your intuition but not completely you got to look into things right and fire pits for burning minorities in a bad unequivocally unless they've just happened to be you know minorities who like stole stuff or or uh, what punishment would you what what crime would uh, would we agree with for throwing someone in a pit of fire as a punishment some sort of like a sexual aggression I'm just steering away from the word rape. I'm just scared to use that word. This is why I said sexually. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say there's no crime that is justly punishable by throwing someone in a pit of fire. I'm going on record. I'm going to say that right now. And if you believe that there is, then I'm against you. You're against me and we're going we're gonna to have it out. I don't know where I'm walking here. I thought that if I just walked in this direction for long enough, the path would turn around. But now I'm thinking I'm basically walking kind of parallel to the train tracks, which is what I needed to cross. And uh, I'm really starting to think that I've made a mistake in my navigation here. That's the weird thing about Edinburgh is there's the train tracks that go through the middle of the city and it's like, geographically, it feels like a river. Like in most cities, there's like a river in the middle. Here, it's the fucking train tracks. And, uh, yeah, it's just in this huge valley. Because apparently, they fucking, there used to be a lake in there. They drained the entire lake and put a train station in the middle of their city. There's fucking maniacs in this place. I did, on the tour that I did the other day as well, they were saying that... Edinburgh is basically built on top of itself. There was a city and there were like all these buildings um, and they just, they didn't have room because the city was walled in. They had a wall built around the entire city to keep the English out. No one wanted to build outside the wall. So instead of making the wall bigger, they just built buildings on top of other buildings to the extent that there was this whole underground city in like three or four hundred years ago that people used to live in. And like, in, with no light, like they were just underground, like in fucking tunnels and shit. All the poor people, if you, if you like weren't good at your job or whatever and you couldn't fucking get a job, I mean, that would have been actually, that would have been better than sleeping out on the streets, right? If you were, like at least if you're a, a bum in medieval times, you were just down there, it wasn't cold, you just got the plague instead. That's a nice trade-off. <laughs> Instead of being cold, you had fucking purple bubons going out from under your armpits. 
and you had no light so you probably have vitamin D deficiency and rats trying to eat your dick while you sleep but you're not cold huh you probably were cold there's stone tunnels <laughs> man I mean yeah at least if you're I wonder if the compa- like at least if you're homeless now there's like more kind of word out there about like hey we should be compassionate to homeless people like society is nicer to you even if the weather's still a bitch <laughs> right where am I walking now under some sort of tunnel where is this some sort of tunnel oh here we go yeah I'm going under the train tracks fuck it all worked out nice but yeah so the whole city was built uh, on top of the old buildings in the city and there are these rumours about uh about buildings being built on top of other buildings that were full of plague victims in it so like people had the plague in these houses and they just covered the houses up with dirt and rocks and shit while the people were inside and they just died in these houses apparently that's just rumors but that's like the first thing everyone hears when they come to edinburgh is like the old plague houses and shit you know um but there was this whole underground city and uh the tour guide on the tour that i went on said that's why there there's no like underground system in edinburgh like no underground metro trains or whatever is because uh they found all of these old tunnels that were lost for like a hundred years or whatever um no one knew about these tunnels everyone had just kind of forgotten about them and then they went to build a metro system and they're like oh the city is built on another city and if they uh if they tried to put a metro in the whole shit would just collapse Edinburgh would just fall in on itself. Surely they could build a metro like around where the walled section was. That's what I thought when he was saying that. It was like, okay, you can't have a metro in the centre, but I mean, they've got like trams, you know. Surely they could just have the trams that then go underground once they get outside of where the walled section was, once the ground becomes kind of normal. But they haven't thought of that, have they? I have and they haven't. What else have we got here? Oh man, my friend Rosie, uh, who's killing it right now, she's just realised that she wants to... Um... Oh, actually, this is what I can talk about. I mean, okay, so... Uh, my friend Josephine that I was hanging out with for the last week in Dublin, we this podcast was going to be me talking to her. We had a great conversation in a cafe just before I left... Um, which we were going to talk about the year that she had because in the last 12 months since I met her last summer in Portugal, she's lived in Barcelona. She went, lived camping basically for four months because she was writing for this um, like tour company in Barcelona and they went to all these music festivals around Europe. She wrote copy for them and uh, basically lived with all these other people that worked for the tour company out of a tent for like four months and got paid in food. <laughs> got paid in food and tent um, to write copy for this company and you know all these garbage kind of stories like uh, 12 kinds of tattoos that you'll always see in a hostel or like you know the six best things to do in Europe and like all six of them are tours that this company runs or whatever that kind of shit she did that for four months and then she went to Bali got another writing job in Bali um, fell in love with some guy and uh, like some Balinese guy and uh, was living with him after like two weeks they lived together for three months and then when she came back to Ireland and like you know said goodbye to him and it was all very sad and she came back to Ireland and uh, it came about that this guy had had a girlfriend the whole time the girlfriend just rocked up at the house and uh, 
Josephine said all of her friends who knew like him and this guy like as a couple were like who the fuck is this girlfriend what and the guy was like oh yeah I've got a girlfriend and so like just completely disappeared from their friendship circle insanity right so I wanted to talk to her about that um but then when we sat down to talk about it it kind of felt contrived you know like we'd already had that conversation so instead we spent an hour talking about how she wants to quit university because she's studying engineering she's 21 um but she's just had this amazing year full of all this awesome shit that's happened and that she's done and she's been writing and doing really well finding writing jobs for herself with no experience and uh she's you know going i don't want to be a fucking engineer and she also said she sucks she hates engineering and she sucks at it so every like twice a year the exam period would come up and she'd be working so hard to try and finish these exams and uh would just have a, a mental breakdown you know and uh we talked about that for so long and she was like you know i really want to quit but she said the three reasons that she she couldn't quit was like number one because uh, she felt like it would be really cool to be like a female engineer but then fuck that you know that's not her responsibility and then number two I can't remember but number three was that she was scared that her parents like would hate her she was scared that her parents wanted her to do that and wouldn't accept her quitting and we basically boiled it down to like are you willing to work for another two years at something that you hate that destroys your mental health over having that shitty conversation with your parents you know and at the end of the hour she was just like yeah fuck it I'm gonna be an artist she like wants to do all these drawings um she wants to make like uh like 12 inch record covers would like do the artwork for like her favorite records and then ship them off to bands and, as a portfolio and be like hey I'll do your album artwork and like sell them in fairs and she's got all these fucking awesome ideas and she was like fuck it dude I don't want to be an engineer I want to do this whole art shit and um so after that conversation that we had which I recorded but it was in a cafe there's too much background noise so it's fucked I was going to release it as a podcast but I can't but after that conversation she was like supposed to be studying because her exams are next week and uh, instead of studying, we went to an art shop and she bought a bunch of art supplies and was like, I'm going home to do some paintings and then tonight I'm going to tell my parents that I'm dropping out of university. I'm not doing engineering anymore. It was fucking awesome. And um, she messaged me that night. She said she had the conversation with her parents and they completely agreed with her. They said the only reason they hadn't they didn't bring it up was because like they knew she hated it but they were like if you think you can do it then we want you to do it you know but they were just waiting for her to kind of give the word like wave the white flag and and uh so it all worked out she was stressed for no reason oh great i really wish i could release that as a podcast but i tried to edit the background noise out last night and it was just too fucked it was no good. Um, I, I tried to do the couple of things that Audacity says you can do to remove background noise, and then it just sounded like we were having a conversation inside of a tin, like a tin can. Like it was just like, <coughs> and her vo my voice is real loud, and her voice is like not so loud and kind of higher pitched, and ugh, it was fucked. We we're having this beautiful revelatory conversation, meandering naturally, and uh, really connecting and it sounded like we were doing it as robots <laughs> and not even well-made robots 
robots made by someone who did engineering for two years and then dropped out to become an artist. But someone was like, can you make me two robots? And they were, she was like, ugh, fine. You know, I'll do it because I like you, but I don't want to make robots and they're not going to be good. All right? Thomas. <laughs> um... So, oh, but that's what I was talking about. My friend Rosie as well. So she's just um, gone back to university in her mid-twenties um, and decided to do law, which is brave as fuck, I think. Like, law is such a hectic thing to do that the smartest people from school go straight into university and do law. And she's like, fuck that, I'm going in as a mature age student, I'm going to start a law degree. And that's what she wants to do. And uh, she told me that her exams are on the 4th of January. What? How fucking cruel. That's just cruel. Like, that's not even... Like, so you don't get to... And, and her major assignment is due on the 7th of January. So, and she was like... Oh, I was like, that's fucked. And she was like, yeah, welcome to law school. And I'm like, dude, that's not even, like, hard because it has to be hard. Surely they could just have the exams before Christmas so you don't spend your Christmas and New Year's just stressing, losing your mind because you know you've got to hand this shit in like four days after the festive period. That's fucked. Ugh. Oh, I hate university. I hate the attitude that people go in with where they're like, yeah, it's fine, like it's hard and like, you know, oh yeah, it's like weeds out the shit people. But it's like, have a little bit of compassion. Man. It doesn't need to be like that. Why take pride in in taking away people's freedom and going, oh, well, you know, you go to fucking study over Christmas because that's what it takes to be a lawyer. Fuck you. It takes what not having fucking family time to be a lawyer. Ugh. I don't know. I really hate that attitude of like, like good, it's it's hard. It should be hard. It's like, yeah, it should be hard, but it shouldn't be like cruel and torturous, you know? Don't you want the people that become lawyers to also have good relationships in their life so they can act as humans, you know, as well as as well as, like, use whatever knowledge that they've acquired. <sighs> I don't know. I just hate university, man. Fuck university. <laughs> Everyone should just be artists. <laughs> Fuck, what an idiot. Um, Alright, I think that's it, man. I think I'm done. Thank you guys for listening so much. This is me. I'm in a graveyard now. Um, what a lovely place to end the podcast. Thanks for listening, though. This has been Sitting Under a Tree. I'm Aiden. Peace.